Welcome to Argue Bros, the podcast that gives you multiple perspectives on today's hottest topics. Hosted by Nico Pingin, Fred in Progress, and Jess Freeman. If you're looking for some inspiration from and for normal people, or simply want to know the bros a little more, you better open up your mind to the fresh perspective that's coming your way right now. Welcome to Argue Bros, a podcast that allows myself, Nico Pengen, and my two fellow co-hosts, Fred in Progress and Jess Freeman, the opportunity to debate, argue, tell each other who's wrong, or just have a normal conversation. We're just Argue Bros by title because, you know, we like to argue. Uh, anyways, enough rambling on my part. Y'all want to talk about anything in particular? If there is not one argument on the podcast, and uh, I don't know if it's Argue Bros. Oh, well, you know, every, no matter we, what we talk about, we're going to have one argument. That's guaranteed. But again, it's based yeah. off of the, the gum bros concept. So we could we could do whatever. Uh, but, you know, since nobody mentioned a, sp- a particular topic, you know, I was looking at the news the other day. You know what I'm saying? Thanks to uh, Fred bringing it up. Yo, I used to clown Kwame. No cap. But now that this dude's been actually very vocal about his journey through the NBA and his journey um, about how he got there, why he got there, what he has accomplished, like the amount of respect that I have for him as a human being, as a man, as an individual, as an ex-NBA player, as Kobe Bryant's ex-teammate, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, wow, so many people judge so, so quickly and they fail to realize like this guy's a human being, one, and two, I didn't even really know that he was a kid that got drafted number one. Like, there's so many. Yeah, me either. So, like, I didn't know he was drafted number one as a center at 17. But that's what makes it even worse, bro, because he was, like, he was, bro, he was just talk so negatively about. You never even got the chance to be like, oh, let me Google him and see. Or let me look up what draft he went. Yeah, I had no idea that he was he was actually nice like that. I didn't even know he was in the NBA for 13 years. Yeah, I thought he I, I didn't even know where he came from. I I just remember like Stephen A Smith clowning on him so much and yeah. they made they made they made it so popular that it's like, damn, I feel so bad that the only thing I know about him is all these dumb jokes and now that he's speaking out and he's talking about all these things that he went through, it's like, damn, I can't believe it. Like that's so true. Nobody looked at the fact that a 17-year-old was getting clowned at by, like, 30-year-olds and 40-year-old professional journalists. It's crazy. Discount their opinions and players' feelings and stuff, which I can understand why. It's because the small mindset of this. They make so much money. They're playing playing basketball. They're playing a sport. Who cares? So people don't care as much. They look at it for more entertainment more than anything. And so they don't really, it doesn't really bother them as much because they're just jokes to them. It's just mm-hmm. jokes to them. So they don't really care as much. But now that you have somebody who was joked on for so long coming out and saying something, it makes people look at it way differently. And now it looks like it was a targeted attack other than a joke. <laughs> and so it brings up a whole new aspect to, to ESPN, to all the talk shows and everything like that, and how they gang up on, technically gang up on people in certain situations. And it's funny how it comes about. Because it's just like it's the most popular thing to talk about, and so they all talk about it at the same time, and then they can also create it. They create they can create the buzz as well. Yeah, and so it really depends headline. on if they want if they, they want it to be that, or if they want to just push it. Yeah, you know, because oh, this is hot. Let me talk about it. 
Yeah, because, you know, when, when Kwame was doing his thing, setting screens, like, I like how he, he mentioned in the video, like, you know, Kobe's job was to get out there and be the man and drop buckets. Everybody else's job was just to get the hell out the way or set him a screen. And it's like, did I not do that? Did I not help and contribute to Kobe dropping 81 by setting him screens and getting the hell out the way? Are you not entertained? And it's like, bro, it's like, you know, he never mentioned that when he was actively playing. Because it's like he said, it's like, who's going to listen to him? All he, he's, he's the guy setting screens. He's not the guy that's dropping 81. He's just the guy that's setting screens. And it's like, that's so true. And he's still a professional. And to hear his story about his come up, about where he came from, about what he did with his family, about being able to still provide for them and all these amazing things that he did not get affected by the terrible slander that ESPN and all them. Like, I'm surprised he's not suing them. Like nah, as smart as yeah. as smart as he is, and as 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 menacing as he is being portrayed at by other people, because a lot of people are talking hella crap about him. It's like you know now recently Stephen Jackson <laughs> got put on blast because Kwame screenshotted and posted that screenshot showing that <laughs> Stephen Jackson threatened this guy, and it's just like, dude, are you for real? Like you supposed to be a Muslim? You supposed to take the high road? You supposed to let all this stuff go and and you're literally proving the point where it's like you get put on in a media aspect if you take the low road and you bash your fellow uh, black uh, athletes. That's how you get to fame. And, and it's so beautiful that Kwame's like, you know, he was the black sheep and now everybody's just like literally just like riding the Kwame rave right now. And just like, hey, this guy used to get talked badly about for such a long period of time. Let's give him his two cents of fame. Let's give him an opportunity. And it's like, oh, y'all was not ready for what this man had to say. I just want to throw out here for uh, just a quick second. Let's just run on a tangent line with me. Now, just come into my head and, and listen to what I'm thinking about. So if you look at this Kwame situation, and then you also look at the Kevin Samuel situation, and you look how they both blow up in such a, a small manner of time because they're yeah. both talking on topics that are that are um, hotly contested. Mm-hmm. And it's also their nice black African men. They both have that. You can if you listen to both of them, you can both tell they come with the same kind of skin. They both from the same kind of they're, cloth, they're from the South. You know what I'm saying? They, they both with that, they, they, they over they that honesty, brutality, all that stuff. They, and they, and yep. they got respect. They all, and so I'm just like. With this day and age and technology as it is, giving people voices and letting people create their own shows and talk, like he's getting hundreds of thousands of views from a truck. And of course, he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the money. I'm just saying, but he can get hundreds of thousands of views from his truck and almost same amount of views. I wonder how many views um the ESPN shows get because I wonder. I want to compare them and see what kind of views they get because you know they don't release them as publicly. TV right. shows they release them as publicly, like YouTube and like Twitch and all those kind of numbers. No, I think they do. Like, I, I, wonder what the, I wonder what the comparison. I think. Are. I think. I think that's called the Nielsen. There's a report out there that actually measures the the Nielsen rating. It can give you numbers to the T about what kind of audience is watching as well. And, you know, I think Netflix and all those other ones do that as well. Um, but they don't release those because those are privately held companies versus like TV ratings. You're obligated to. I, I don't know why. I think it's like because of federal mandators. But, yeah, it's kind of cool that you have two people that come from the south, one from Oklahoma, one from South Carolina. They're both over six feet tall. They were both, you know, hella talked crap about constantly for many, many years. And now that they have a platform, they're putting everybody that <laughs> craft on them on blast. And anybody who disagrees is now before if Kwame did this like years before, everybody wouldn't have cared. 
like ah yeah whatever you're just trying to get you know x y and z but now he's actually coming with a real value real content and it's real stories about what really happened it's like he's clarifying yeah i was supposed to get traded but i didn't and now you got a 17 year old kid that gotta be with the top dog in the league that's the trash talker and it's like i already came from a terrible you know place where you know i don't know i don't know his background but like you know maybe he got bullied maybe he was in a lot of racist situations maybe he's been put in a very tough spot to be able to rise above get in the nba and then just have that repeated when it's like the goal was to get into nba and be free from all this not go back right into the same thing you know, it's like when you think of MJ, you're not thinking about, you know, MJ crapping on Kwame. <laughs> like, you're not thinking of that. You think of him shooting from, like, the free throw line after pushing off that dude and hitting that game six winner over the Utah Jazz. You know, you're not thinking about, like, dang, this guy made a 17-year-old feel like he was insufficient as opposed to, like, I love how Shannon Sharp said, like, I, you know, it's like Kwame wasn't ready for Kobe or ready for MJ. But if he was in another system, like with Pops, system where it's like everybody gets an equal opportunity to show their talent and say he could have been you know asterix could have you know been somebody that was great because he was 17 6 11 you know what i'm saying like this dude was talented in a mug you know what i'm saying but due to the situations at hand media and all that's like kind of sucks but now he's getting his retribution you know what i'm saying now he getting it's so crazy that he was still treading through his nba seasons with all that depression and all that negativity, treading waters, still making money, being the joke of the NBA, still playing 13 years. That's a healthy NBA career. Mm-hmm. The way he put that, it was it was so dope. Like he was in the NBA for like 12, 13 seasons as a kid who came up with nothing. And to have grown men just like literally take him apart. But I could understand. I, I see both sides because the media was hoping that he was like the next it thing, and by him being lined up with Jordan, they were trying to hope for that one too. But it's like if your teammate doesn't even want you, you know what I'm saying? Imagine you. Imagine you come in and literally the star coworker, Nick, only got a hundred percent, a hundred percent gold star quality, everything. Literally the best in the office, and that's going to be your coworker or your partner. And then they say, nah. Nah, you ain't good enough. So literally, everybody trusts the person who has the most trust and who earned it, obviously. They got multiple rings and everything. Probably mm-hmm. possibly the best. I say possibly because there's a lot of people who would argue that. Possibly the best player in the NBA ever, Michael Jordan. So I mean, like, of course it's going to be difficult for of course it's going to be difficult for him. And it's not hard for the media to want to sway in that direction. But honestly, I don't think he has anything he would he could sue over, first of all. Second of all, I think that the most important thing that happened in all this with with him talking and pointing all these flaws out is how people got a reality check that basketball is not everything because there's so many people who just saw basketball and right. idolized it and didn't understand that like you, you could you could play good at the game the championship matters but hey i'm gonna be walking away with millions whether i win or lose so i'm i'm succeeding in general in, in in general and so it's just like he's changing the mindset of like you got to come and you got to come you got to come win you got or else you're unsuccessful all this stuff like that because like um and when you think about it when you actually think about it you, it's, it's so easy to pass up when you actually think about it they're millionaires sitting on the bench correct correct <laughs> like they're millionaires sitting on the bench and y'all just like y'all are bench players I they bench players, but they make more than you will ever make in your entire life sitting down. 
Literally. Doing nothing. We're playing, doing, doing nothing but their training. And when I say I mean nothing, I don't underestimate what they do. I'm just saying they compared to like the stardom of the main players scoring like 40 points a night and everything. They're doing nothing theoretically. But you need your bench players and role players to win championships. But I'm just saying like, you know what I mean? Like the NBA. You want to minimize their, their importance. Out of the but 430, you, you know, those are the top 1% of all players in the world. So there's only five people that can be on the court. So that's like 1% of 1% that's on the floor at all times. Like even you know, even Kwame, like this guy could dominate any normal Joe Schmo. Like he's 6'11". Anybody that, any, he could post anybody down, you know what I'm saying? But it's like to be able to do that at the highest level is a completely different thing because it's like the skill set is a different requirement. And to be able to request that out of a 17-year-old and not give him a chance to develop and demand, 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 because MJ's running against the clock. Knees hurt, everything. You know, it's like he fell from the peak and he's now trying to get another ring with the Wizards or whatever. So it's like it's all muddy. And then you throw in, you know, people that you would have thought would be on Kwame's uh, corner. You know, you would have thought that at least some media outlets would be defending him and helping him like, hey, guys, he's young. He doesn't know to, you know, he's he came from nothing. He's trying to make a name from himself. He's trying to take care of everybody that's with him, cut him some slack, get him some additional help, you know, provide a little bit more of an assistance to him. But nope, clear cutthroat, ruthless, feed him to the wolves. And even still then to be able to maintain uh, uh, the ability to be good enough to be on a roster for 12 years is ridiculously tough. Not everybody is capable of doing that for over 12 years. That's crazy. It's kind of tough on him and whoever is around him because it's like, you know, at what point is a man supposed to take all that backlash? There's got to be some point where it's like you say enough is enough and it's time for me to like hand out these hands. And I love how the fact that uh, he was telling Stephen A. Smith. It took like, two scrubs. <laughs> It was like, meet me in Seattle, I think he said it was. Like, in Seattle, and like you, you're not allowed to sue if somebody punches you or something like that. I thought that was hilarious. It's like, damn. It's like, Stephen A. Smith don't want that smoke. Like, who wants a 6'11", infant, <laughs> angry black no, guy? Ain't no way Stephen A. would show up there. <laughs> and if he does, he ain't showing by himself. Yeah. Well, or well, e- ESPN won't let him show up by himself. ESPN sending that whole squad. They're like, hey, this is our money, man. But where the fuck... Stephen A. Smith really got rich and famous off this dude, though. Yeah, like that one line about him being a you know a bum and everything. That was what made Stephen A. Smith. You know, that was that defining moment in his career, literally. You know, because you, 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 you gotta give you gotta give the crowd what they want, but at the same time, the media is also manipulating because they know what the crowd wants. And so mm-hmm. they got to create it. They got to create the story. And, and so they then, realized it was such a juicy story to run that. And then yeah. they, re- they, I bet they just, I bet, because some things are just like, it's not pre-planned completely. It's like, so, I doubt they planned a complete smear campaign against Kwame Brown. But I bet once they saw Stephen A. get them numbers, they were like, oh, we can, we can get attention and money with this. And yeah. they started pushing that narrative because they own all the, all the sports thing back then. They just started mm-hmm. pushing that narrative through all their different sports shows. It allowed people to essentially become fans of the hatred, fans of the smear campaign. Like, who's the next victim? Who's the next bust? Who's the next person who's not going to live up to the hype? Who's not going to live up to the expectations? Now you have, you know, a whole group of people that their favorite part is just listening to Stephen A. Smith or to the critics just completely trash players. And it's like, bruh, 
to be able to be one of the 400 people that play and even just wear a jersey like you know how many people even apply and submit an application to the g league tryouts just the g league tryouts we're not talking about the nba draft now. jared dudley I want to throw that name out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, throw that name out there, man. Still in the lead. Jared yeah. And, you know, it's like people you know, be looking at Jim Lennon in there, but Jared Dudley's still here. What's up? Yeah, people be looking at, like, this guy's skill set. It's like, what? There's nothing that he can do. But it's like, you know, he's getting he paid. Got he got, I'm curious. Well, I'm, I really would like to know strategically what Jared Dudley brings. We got to bring something. Oh, oh well, that that's evidence. He's a veteran. So he all he does is he tells the kids the 19-year-olds, the one that could be his literal sons, and he tells them, look, this is what you eat on game day, this is how you do it, and that's it. That's all he is. It's called, like, vet presence. It's the same that Udonis has them. Stability. Udonis has them on the uh, Miami Heat. It's like their sole purpose on the team is to show the next and -and up-and-coming people how it is to be in the NBA. The next and -and up-and-coming people, they got to decide, am I going to be like that bum? Or am I going to yeah, take away? Yeah, the coaches don't. Coaches were never players, so they probably couldn't communicate all the things they need to do. So I guess probably. And you notice a lot of the veteran players are on like the contender teams. You, you're mm-hmm. not seeing um, veteran players on on losing teams. No. That's just full of young guys or trash. Yeah. trash players. Yes, I mean, exactly. Yeah, you're not going to see veteran they, talent. Exactly because they, they don't need the, it. They don't. They don't, they need, don't need it. Need yeah, it's a, waste, it's a waste of time, a waste of money, and a waste of uh, salary cap, and a waste of a team roster spot. Because when you're making a deep run, you want to be able to have at least one to two veterans in there in the locker room, knowing you know what to say, what to do, and it's even more what important. What to expect? What... Exactly. Yeah, like, like in the logistics, like just like you're going to to a away team. Like, what do you need to be ready for? Like, yeah, all or having somebody stuff. hype you up because they know, you know, when I was in this situation, I would have wanted a veteran who's been in this situation to tell me, yo, you could do this, man. I'm on the bench. I'm here just to cheer you on, my guy. Your job is to make sure you eat this, you do this, and then you go out and score buckets. But, you know, as you mentioned, it's like those teams that are developing, they're not going to get a roster spot for a veteran because they're not trying to win. They're trying to teach the every person if it's a 15-man roster they want every member of a 15-man roster to go out there and bust their butt so that way they can see who are the top five six seven eight nine players they need to uh solidify and then as the seasons progress after one two three years then they can start seeing who they gotta cut and then once they get that jackpot trade where they can trade picks they can trade money they can trade players in order to get that superstar then they can grab that superstar like how they grab lebron and they can set lebron up with all those veterans that he needs in order to teach the rookies and the up-and-coming stars how to become the next it you know and i think you know i think i think this is just my estimation i think that's one of the things that uh, uh, Nick Young was telling, uh, uh, you know, what I'm saying. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's one of the oh. things he he was he was teaching him, like, yo, this, these are the ropes. Because Nick Young wasn't that it guy at the moment. You know, he was a veteran on the team. You know, and it's like he was trying to show D'Angelo the ropes and whatnot. And it's just like one of those like interactions where the veterans trying to show the rookie how to you know be in the league. And it's just like, oops. Press the record and the upload button. You know, it's like, and th- one of those things, and it's like, ugh, you know, after that one season, you know. Oh, look, you calling Nick Young a veteran? He was a veteran at the time. Theoretically. Yeah. Ju- yeah. Like, what do you think of yeah, veterans? When I'm a, I mean, a veteran might have been 10 years in the league. 
No, not everybody's in the league for ten years. Nah, he had like at that time. No, I'm talking about like what kind of. I'm talking about like oh, veteran, veteran aging out. I'm not talking about like veterans that have been there for two years. Oh, I made it to the second round, third round, the playoffs. I'm a veteran. I'm talking about like veterans who aren't producing that much. They're only on the team because they're a veteran in, in in their later years. I'm not talking about like a veteran who can actually. Nick Young, young, still could play and stuff, and still no, can but, play. Yeah, but he was he you know was I mean? this guy's veteran. But I I got what you're saying. Yeah, they he's, do like a, still, he's more like a, a senior. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he wasn't the one tasked with dropping all the buckets. He was the one tasked with dropping all that knowledge, but he also dropped that thing too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he dropped that money on the ball, but you know, that's what that's why, you know, that Kwame Brown situation is so pretty like unique and you know, I don't know where it's going to go, especially since now, you know, Stack is uh being kind of you know, special Impressive. and <laughs> yeah, and, and Charlemagne issued an apology. So if Charlemagne is apologizing for what he said and what he did, that means that at least Kwame's nah, gonna you know, drag you know, everybody you know, else. Charlemagne don't want to be because he's trying to say corporate. That's what I'm saying. America. Yeah, he, he realized he, and, and Kwame he saw those numbers. Kwame ain't got nothing to lose. Kwame ain't got nothing to lose. He talking about he talking about his rape and all this stuff that Charlemagne did. So Kwame ain't got nothing to lose. He's like, I, I don't fight with somebody who don't got nothing to lose. That's one of the rules. And so he, he backing out. He he like I don't care. I'll apologize and run away. That's the only thing that Charlemagne is really good for. He will give up his pride and run away. That's why he's still in the game. That's why he's really. Game. That's why he's really smart. Because he know when to run. You don't he care play, about he plays that card so well. The professional card, like yo, this was just for business. This was strictly business purposes. This was nothing personal. But basketball players are a little bit different because they're athletes. Their pride is on the line. Because you got a lot of people that are on their side and they're whispering in their ears, are you going to let him punk you, man? You going to let that that he only averaged five points a game guy punk you? Like he only set screens for Kobe. You going to let him punk you? You was an all-star. You know, it's like, man, you just digging your own ditch. And talking about digging your own ditch, bruh, the Joe Budden situation has me laughing because Joe Budden is one of the people that I thought was like, if you down with me, I'm I'm with you. Like he for, he for the creators, man. Until he a business owner, <laughs> like 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 I've you you've been taught you've been you've been talking about him for so many years about uh what he's been doing in podcasting, and all I kept hearing was like this guy is such a loyal guy. He put his friends on. He's he's getting them motivated, even though he talks hella trash. He does it only because it's a business purpose it's a decision da 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 and it's like fast forward and it's like wait what he made a business decision without his partners he's a fucking sellout bro and it's like wait it's disappointing but, too man yeah it's like it's wait hold on didn't you do it because of your partners i thought this whole thing was because of your partners like no nah, it's the joe budden podcast and it's like ooh, i can't believe you just did that to your homies bro like are they even cool because i know there was like a follow-up Another was like a follow up episode. Or cool. they, they, the follow up episode was tense. Afterward, they broke up. They done. They done. Rory and all got their own podcast now. Damn, and Joe Budden rolling with Ice and Ish. It's funny because it split the entire community. Because like half the community, I don't even know about half. Half the community still supporting Joe Budden. Him. The other half's like whenever watching again, gonna watch Rory Mall. Either way, when you when some splits, it weakens. So it's, it's yeah. It's, it's like the ship is incomplete. Did y'all hear Kevin Hart though? What Kevin Hart had to say about that? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Kevin Hart don't uh, like that yeah, yeah, man, yeah. but Kevin Hart ripped that man to shreds. It wasn't the shreds. No, but he no. he was accurate in his. In his he was. That's what the problem was. He was straight. Nah, he, didn't, he didn't get all hype. He just he said facts, <laughs> and it was terrible. Yeah, Kevin Hart ripped him because Kevin Hart has a a deep team, bro, that he's been rocking with for a long time. Yeah, he did it right, and he knows how to keep it together. He he was telling exactly. them how how he had beef with them, but they still together. I'm like Joe Budden. Them. Yeah, because you exactly. can have. You could you could you could iron sharpens iron, so you could you could rub it in with your homies, but one, you can't air that. You can't air that. Two, not only can you air that, he did it live. He bro, fired, he fired that man live. Bro. Like, I'm hold like, on, like he was like, an employee. He said, "You're fired." They're like, what? Bro, like, like every <laughs> the Donald Trump out here. He said, You're fired. <laughs> it's like, yo, it's like, and it's like, I love, I love how they, I love at least how they, they. They did that after that the episode um, where they all came together and at least discussed what happened. Because I was hella confused. Like, why would they? They're they're homies. Like, why would they split over a decision they made together? And it's like, wait, the decision wasn't made together. And it's like, gotcha. As so more it's, like, more, it's funny how it's funny how everyone was on Joe Budden's side, but then as more and more facts came out, they're like, wait a minute, it was it was a percentage contract. Oh, so they were supposed to get the numbers. Oh what? It's like it's it's so funny how that how that happens. It's a similar, but in a quicker way to how with Kwame Brown. Just like if you want to, we want to throw it back. It's just like um, for example, Joe Budden's podcast and them separating. Now Rory Mall coming out about what actually happened is mm-hmm. similar to Kwame Brown. Now that he's all the way out of the league, except it he took twenty years to come out and say everything that happened. Exactly. And, and now he got he got a whole following and stuff. But Rory Mall doing it way quicker. Because they were already in the media scene, always already yeah. talking. No, and, and, and networking. Mall, like, for Rory Mall is different, though, because Joe Budding and Rory, they've been, like, very disrespectful to each other blatantly, you know? For real? Yeah. Like, but through Mall, this whole situation? No, nah, not even <laughs> this whole situation, even before. Like, they'll be, oh, petty, sh- they'll be petty shit that it'll be like, oh, okay. Damn. Yeah, some people thought it was jokes, but if you go back and listen now, you could tell some real salt and vinegar. Yeah, bro. Yeah, because yeah, I I used to hear some of those things, and I was like, damn, they sound just like us, just roasting each other. But it's like some of the stuff. It's like uh, <laughs> the pod like sounded litter because it was real, and we just didn't know it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like it sounds it sounds really entertaining, but is that something that you would tell your homie on air? Like what? Like bro, and my nigga mom said that Joe Budden. Was would say mad reckless stuff like like you know how they had a business together the podcast. Anytime they had a business meeting about the podcast or any decision with the podcast, Joe Budden would tell him, "Don't worry about it or mind his business or some shit." Yeah, that's yeah it was like not his business. Yeah, that's kind of weird how the end how how the end it was just like the conclusion was like <laughs> Joe Budden's like it's my shit. <laughs> Like, yeah. I like all I'm saying is at the end of the day, this was my thing. I put y'all together to work for me. Da 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 da. And it was like, bro, that's not how we came into the business. It's like we came as your friend and we was working on this together. We was collabing, not working for the man. We was collabing. And it's like now that the I don't know if it was the hype man or what kind of individual gave him a contract that made him go, damn, I really don't need my friends. For this kind of money, like what? No, nah, it was him internally. That's just who he is. 
as time yeah. Joe Budden over time. Like he has such a track record of that. It just you never yeah, thought he pride. would go that way with it, with with his friend. Yeah, yeah. I you going pride definitely. Yeah, it's that pride because like you know I remember when he he had his hit or whatever, and he would think that his hit was above everybody else's, and it was like everybody kept clowning, and it's like you only have one good song. And you're dragging that one good song into this. And now he's actually a pretty good podcaster. And he put his friends on who no, are actually no, no, really no. good pos- podcasters. He was a good podcaster. I stand corrected. He was a good podcaster. Well, I want to throw two things out there. He's, the podcast is not terrible now. It, honestly, depending on what you like, if you like a flawed villain then listening to the podcast is still great because you just hear he's insane and some he's of his and stuff is in. but it's still it's still it's not terrible it's not terrible he still has the skills to do that and then on yeah, top of that the second weird. thing is i mean i mean yeah if you, if you want that now because i mean that's the point in life he's at he literally just lost both of his co-hosts half the world thinks he's a, a sexual predator and don't like him now because that other girl left the um the network as well Things aren't really going well for the Wait, for Joe Budden? Joe Budden podcast. Yeah, she came out. A girl came out and um said that Joe Budden um made her feel uncomfortable, talked um sexually harassed her verbally, oh, sexually yeah, harassed her on that. the see the see the thing or see the real podcast something like that. It's on Joe Budden Yo, network. Oh, I seen that now. And there was a video that like afterwards that they said that there was in an interview together and um two co-hosts that was in that interview made them hug. And while they was hugging, Joe Budden was doing like a weird like hip thrust. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like it's like everything that he this guy's been doing that he thought he was, that celebrity status was gonna let him like get a free pass on. <laughs> and it's like yeah, yeah. He thought he yeah. was Drake. He thought he was Drake. <laughs> he, he on the, he on the I'm, I'm a human. He, you know he on the I'm a human. Um. <laughs> Social media run. I don't know how many kids uh his son Instagram little thing with Messine, man. He can post his children more than ever. Like I'm a human, I'm just a father. Yeah, all he ain't saying all that, but you know he on the social yeah, media yeah, run. Yeah. He, he's his kids and trying to look clean his image. Everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's not gonna be like, posting Yeah, he's not gonna be posting nothing like that's gonna make people be like, I knew it. I knew it. This guy was a predator. I knew this guy was this. I knew this guy was this. He's he's just cleaning himself up, and I'm pretty sure that his his uh his professional uh, or his professional public relations individual that I'm pretty sure he got through the contract is helping him sort out this social media mailstorm that's coming his way and like literally destroying him. And he might definitely look back at it a couple years from now and be like, dang, I really dropped the ball on my homies. Because now it's like, think about it. If you got your two homies that came from you with nothing and you just... It's more pretty, than just that. It's more than just that. You, you dropped the ball on all creative. You, you, cut, you cut them out big time now it's like who's who is to say that you are a trusty individual like who you got in your corner that's gonna say hey yeah i can trust joe budden he ain't going he ain't going like dude you just cut out the closest people to you like oh, those were, those were the closest people to you and you just did it them like that like what does that say about who else is coming because then now it's like damn i really messed up but my pride isn't gonna let me say i'm sorry it's like, mm-hmm. literally it's like it, it's like it's stuck in the throat like i want to apologize for for saying i messed up guys but it's like the pride won't let me get to it and be like nah it's my show it's got my name on it i yeah, wouldn't I trust him even if he did apologize because his track record he's him there's no changing him at this point that man the way he moves and does things i don't think there's gonna be too much changing so that's why i think they were ready to go just like how um mom was like once the respect is gone he's gone 
It's just like I don't think you can garner that respect back. That's the actions, and 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 once someone shows they don't respect you, it's, you don't. It's not something they just respect you all of a sudden. Yeah, it's the same with trust. It's like you can't just remove it and then just say give it back to me. Like you can't just do some you know messed up thing and then say, well, you know, we was homies, so you gotta forgive me. It's like what? It's like you did all this wrong on me, and you expect me to just act like nothing even happened. And like you mentioned, that respect factor. It's like you remove. It's like intellectual property. It's like if somebody was a part of the the process of creating something, and now you're saying that a they weren't a part of it, and b that you were the one that was telling them what to do the whole time. And it's like without me, you wouldn't be in this position. It's like. No, nah, without them, you wouldn't be in that position because there were so many. There's got to be thousands of ideas that they bounced back and forth on the podcast live and in the recording to be able to, to get there. Not it, it's not just one person that carries that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like you have to delegate that to your compadres. You have to have that individual that can carry the conversation, or else the Joe Budden podcast would just be a monologue, and it wasn't no monologue at all. It was no monologue. <laughs> Like he wasn't. Then, like he Joe Budden, bro. Joe Budden would say weird shit, and then and then um, Rory and Mal would clean it up with some real ass shit. Yeah, it's like you need you need people that can you know hold you accountable because Joe Budden was wilding and talking about somebody that's been wilding uh, lately. Yo, Elon Musk has been wilding. Yo, this guy is now like <laughs> Donald Trump with his tweets, man. Like. His tweets are setting like the crypto world on fire. Every time this guy's tweeting, like Bitcoin is either rising by a lot or it's going central down by figures a lot. should not exist with the, with the, with the crypto. But man, everybody really got um. So a lot of people got introduced to crypto through through Elon and his little twitters, and then um, a lot of people are like they really once people notice that money moves based on the social media, and then Musk moves the social media. Hence. Cryptocurrencies moves by by him and like Mark Cuban right now. Yo, facts. <laughs> I know about Mark Cuban. <laughs> tweets are moved by him and Mark. Crypto moved by him and Mark Cuban. It's literally um technical analysis versus fundamental analysis, and like you don't even got you even got to look at the charts. You just got to look at the tweets now. <laughs> what you talking about? You got to like, look at the tweet. The that's what a lot of people. Your money gonna be at. Yeah, that's what a lot of people used to do before Biden was elected is if they wanted to know politics, they would just look at Trump's tweets and see what was happening because Trump was just tweeting all national secrets. You know what I'm saying? And now it's just like it's almost it's almost the same thing, except crypto is much more readily available and the information is out there. Just a lot mm-hmm. of people don't put in that time and effort in order to learn it at all. So they essentially just use Elon's tweets as a, you know, hey. He talked about a positive for Bitcoin, so let's buy Bitcoin. Or hey, he talked about you know Elon uh, 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 that Tesla is no longer going to be using Bitcoin for purchases on a Tesla. Now you know Tesla, uh, Tesla. I think Tesla dropped a little bit, not too much, uh, but Bitcoin definitely plunged when he was like, "Yeah, down uh, like fifty percent, thirty percent from its max what it was previously." Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, most people are like, hey, "It's time to buy." I mean, if I would buy if I had money. Yeah, people are saying it's time to buy, but also think about the people who lost billions and billions of dollars with that tweet. They ain't going to be too happy about that Elon Musk tweet. I mean, if they don't sell, they just hold and hopefully come back. If not, they lost that and gone forever. Yeah, because think (laughs) about it. Either crypto going to rebound, either crypto going (laughs) to... Hey, they're going to be... They like, like, okay, guys. Okay, guys. Now, hear me out now. Bitcoin is down, right? Mm -hmm. All we need is one Musk tweet. 
Be like, <laughs> all we need is yeah. one buck sweet. Because if we can get him to say that even though it uses a lot of carbon monoxide because of electricity, that his company still uses Bitcoin, we're good. We're good. What if that's all a public relations thing where it's like Elon mm. Musk is like, hey, how do I tie in cryptocurrencies into creating sustainable energy? Let me trash talk about how all the miners are using electricity, which is powered by gas, and it's destroying the environment in order to push the Tesla batteries. So that way I can charge not only cities and countries, but also be able to build plants in other places in the world so that way the cryptocurrency is based off of the tesla batteries and the tesla batteries in the houses as well as the tesla uh, power plants and it's like hey he's winning on the bitcoin he's winning on the dogecoin he's winning on the he renewable energy like amazon did that's what he's doing he's yeah but an electric and car field, he's building a monster company like Amazon. And he's just staying so he's staying so laser focused on the task at hand, which is renewable energy. And it's just like everything else is just surrounding it to the point where it's like now it's like, yo, to send money, it's like it requires energy. Other nobody was thinking about that before he started talking about it. It's like, mm-hmm. wait, what? It requires energy, so it's not a free transaction. It's like, nah, that's where the fees are coming from. It's like, what? It's like, yeah. So if you use a Tesla stuff, then it's, you know what I'm saying? Out of place, out of mind theory. It's just like if you throw, when you throw away your trash and then the trash man come pick it up, you think nothing of it after it's gone, but you don't know. Still just destroying the environment. Mm It's just further away from you. So you ain't got to think about it. So you just got to get somebody that's like, hey, I'll pick it up for you. You just got to pay an extra fee. And it's, I think it's a genius for one, two, you know, I, I think he might have something to do with Dogecoin. Like I still think like Dogecoin is, is such a joke that he might have been one of the early investors in it, like when it was worth like point oh 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 one cent or whatever, because it's like or he was just an early adopter. A lot of people rumored that the reason that he said that Tesla's no longer gonna accept Bitcoin is to then push it into Dogecoin. But then when he pushed it into the renewable energy factor, it's like, oh my gosh, like He's winning on so many ends just with bringing that conversation to the forefront. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, just, yeah. Just by bringing that to the forefront, it's like, boom, now he can attack and he can do it with precision across so many different things, so many different Bitcoins. And I know a lot of companies that are creating um, their cryptocurrencies or even companies that are trying to get endorsements for their current ones are going to be looking at him like, hey. I saw what you did with Bitcoin. I saw what you did with Dogecoin. You know what I'm saying? What about Ethereum? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I bought Ethereum. I bought Man. Ethereum. Uh, nah, Buterin is not letting Musk come up in there and ruin his thing. Who? Buterin. Um, the one who, who created Ethereum. You know what he created Ethereum? Vitalik. He's not oh. about to let Elon Musk come up in there and um, ruin, his, uh, ruin his, 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 his cryptocurrency dreams. He yeah, just finished okay. donating a billion dollars in crypto to any India. Mm. Oh, that was that individual. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but uh, you know, he Tesla's a billionaire, so it's like he don't need the money. It'll just be like, hey, I got to put on somebody. uh, I got to put on another investor or another inventor. I got to put on another entrepreneur. You know, it's like just think about it. That one tweet got big time power now. You know, it's like that's a huge pull to be able to literally create and destroy a whole industry forget company forget a person the power of attention 
Yes. And that's so important. Like a lot of people didn't realize that until now, like one tweet can literally move one to 2% of the world's money. That's crazy. That's one person has the power to affect trillions of dollars, man. Oh my God. They need to re uh, random thought, random thought. I want to throw out here. Yeah. You know how, uh, in that, uh, Drake versus Meek Mill rap beef, uh, uh-huh. Drake was like, Meek Mill got Twitter fingers. I'm like, man, if they reflip that bar now and be like, <laughs> be like Drake got Twitter fingers like Elon Musk or something like that, fam. Like, literally, Twitter yeah. fingers is now making money out here, guys. Yeah. Like, get on your oh, Twitter. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> being able to make money now. It's crazy. Like, it's, billions. Hey, billionaires bar, moving money with Twitter. Hmm? That's a bar. You're on to something. Heck yeah, because think about it. You know, the fact that literally Trump and Elon can make tweets and companies can either make a lot of money or lose a lot of money. That says volumes. I'm personally surprised though that like the SEC or any um investment company or investment regulations or whatever aren't looking into it because I'm pretty sure at some point they're gonna start saying things like you're not allowed to tweet as a blue check mark about cryptocurrencies because that's something that they do now. That if you invest in a company, you're legally not allowed to like tell people, hey, go buy this company. Like that's something that you are not allowed to do right now. So for the fact that Elon can do that right now, it's like he's literally just like telling the SEC like SMD, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) What you can do about that? Yeah, he's like, hey, y'all caught me like smoking on air and stuff like that. And y'all was trashing me when Tesla tanked a couple percentage points. He's like, y'all can't get me now. Because now he can tweet about anything related to cryptocurrencies and the SEC can't say none. IRS can't say none. You know, none of these big governmental figures for now, keyword for now, still 2021, uh, they can't say nothing for now because obviously I know for a fact in the future, they're definitely going to regulate it. They're definitely going to look at regulating cryptocurrencies. That's something that I'm pretty sure they're starting to regulate now. I even think uh, there's, uh, for look it up, if there's government if agencies. If they try to regulate cryptocurrencies, then look at Look crash. up if, if, if government agencies are creating cryptocurrencies, because I think I saw somewhere that a government agency was looking into creating a cryptocurrency. Uh, which are they really, try to make a standard? Yeah, which really threw me off, because then it's like, now you're making a standard dollar. Why governments are racing to develop their own virtual cryptocurrencies. There it is. You see, it's like they're they're doing it. And now it's like it's gonna be a private sector versus the government. It's like it's apparently which, India plans to introduce its own digital current currency. That's how they shut India shut down a few trades, a few um trading platforms over there recently. And that's gonna be very dangerous because it's like now the government the government's gonna try to regulate the market that's been European Central Bank is has has one as well. They just finished their public consultation period for a digital euro currency. It's so like yeah, the wild, wild west. Big banks are coming. If you can do it, big banks can do it because they got money to to afford to catch up now. The wild, wild west is now the governments are trying to tame it. And one of the things is is like look at people that run the show. Look at the creators of these cryptocurrencies. They did all this work, and now the government's going to be like, "Yeah, your thing's not worthless." I mean, it's not as worth as you know the USD cryptocurrency. And then it's like, what would you even use to like compare it to? Because Bitcoin, you compare it to dollars. You say uh, one Bitcoin is worth 50K. One Dogecoin is worth 0.07. So would you say that one crypto dollar is worth 
an actual dollar. But the whole point is to have it unregulated. And once you regulate it, it's defeating the purpose. So it's like, and I know the government just wants to be able to track the money and see who's spending it, why they're spending it. But I'm saying cryptos are going to crash and they try to regulate it. It's going to be a big, I don't think it'll go out of of existence, obviously, but I do think like how much is worth and the value of it will drop completely drop if, if if government, government tries to intervene. I'm not talking about create their own currency. I'm talking about if they try to intervene in the already established market Uh, and create rules. The government always intervenes, bro. And this shit always crashes. But it, it always shoots right back up. It's tough. It's a tough. It's a tough outlook because of the people that are looking to see if it's truly something that either a can hide money from the government or b something that will allow them to feel almost a liberated mindset of money and not have to ever think about looking over their shoulder. Now they got to look at this because you know IRS is starting to track down um, crypto investments and crypto transactions so if the irs is starting to look at this like hey if you're in america and you making money with bitcoin you better let us know but man, they don't have it man usa better, better chill out don't be like russia germany and them oh, what they they better chill out they better chill out requiring people to like tell them how much they what they're doing in crypto and such certain countries they better chill out we don't need america doing that oh they're gonna um, the big government already doing enough uncle sam's like give me my 30 percent cuz they want they tag them like hey take it from the billionaires you already yeah. see that. You can see their money. You can visually see it. <laughs> you can see mine. What do you uh, mean? Uh, USA is like the money. laws were made to protect the billionaires. If I if I tax them and they lose their job and they lose their company and they run out of business, now this company got to fire fifteen million employees because the way that the company was set up, it was set up in a way that it would allow all these tax incentives. And the billionaires have been spending millions of dollars, so they're not going to say, you know what, in order for this business to keep thriving, I got to pull back on my spending. Nah, yeah, not, yeah. Not, nah they're going to be like, uh-huh, yeah, y'all fired. <laughs> That's what Amazon was doing before they started doing their little $15 thing, dropping people off. Yeah, Amazon, Walmart, all them companies, you know, you standing up, you standing up for higher pay, well, we don't need you. <laughs> be gone. It's like, I've been working here 15 years. It's like, yes, you were working here that long, and now somebody else is going to replace you that just started today. And they're going to be paid way less, and they're going to get trained half as good, and they're going to do a terrible job, but they're still going to get employed. They're still going to be there. They're still going to, as long as they clock in and, you know, they don't cause no stupid stuff, you know, and it's a sad place to be in but you know unfortunately that's the world of the job market business. now and especially the job market now after like covid and everything like we're we're, we're coming out of something else craziness similar to this great depression of yeah. our parents generation stuff and so now we get to see what's how the how the world rebounds and honestly if you're we're really taking a part of it right now if you're in a good position, position right now you could grow with the with the comeback now honestly if you're in a good position in life where you can invest and stuff it's like, it's that. like it's like the, almost a reset like everything got reset and now every every body is looking for the it thing they're looking for the next but the thing. tax bracket i think are gonna, are gonna solidify right. in a few years after like with the prices moving up people have some people lost their jobs middle class is going to shrink Poor class is going to grow, and it's going to be way harder to break through the tax bracket than now ever than before. So I think if you're not moving right now, it's going to be way harder to move after in the next five years. But yeah, like, it's going to be like a tough. Changes, and things are solidifying. <laughs> things are changing right now. And so honestly, you should be trying to change with them. Like I wish, I wish that I would have had planned out and had set aside money and wasn't in the position I'm in now, where like I was just getting just waking up a year ago. You know what I mean? 
Because otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have had money set aside where I could be jumping in. You see all these people become millionaires off cryptocurrency. I could have got thousands, you know, a little thousand here, a little thousand there. You know, on money yeah. I would have invested. But, you know, if you don't, if you're not ready, for, if you ain't ready for the wave, the wave going to just drown exactly. you, pass you right by. <laughs> you know, a lot right of people, by. a lot of people, they want to ride the wave, but they don't know you got to have that surfboard ready. That, you know, you got to have your equipment already set up. You got to be paddling already. It's like you got to be already there putting in work saying, you know what? I've been practicing on these five foot waves. I'm ready for that 50 foot monster that's coming my way. A lot of people aren't thinking like that, you know, and it's like, you know, right now, Apple and Epic Games, they're going to war over, you know, intellectual property. Like it's ridiculous. I never would have thought Apple and Fortnite, you know, Epic Games would be in a lawsuit for what? For having access to the app store? Like, are you kidding me? I'm not even fully cognizant of that fight, but I've heard some tidbits about how it's not even completely just about Epic Games. It's like the app stores, they're trying to fight back against it. A lot of apps are trying to fight back against app stores um, um, services in terms of conditions because it's overbearing on them more and more. And so this is like a, a stand, if you will, and people are standing behind Epic Games to fight Apple for their, for their uh, terms of services. That's just a base is, overview. That's just a base gonna overview. This is going to be important. This is going to be so important for intellectual property because it's going to have so many ramifications. And before, I would say that Apple's the bigger of the two. But now, since Epic has been expanding into PCs, they've been expanding into mobile, they've been expanding in, into uh, console gaming, they've been expanding into crossplay. It's like Apple's just Apple. So Apple is their own ecosystem. So now it's like, you know, you got two equally humongous uh giants that are now taking a you know this trying um, to eat each other heads off yeah you know and a lot of people are saying that epic understands that they're going to lose the fight but the fact isn't to actually uh win the case but it's to bring awareness that you know apple can't do things like that you know you can't be making uh, a 30 percent cut of all digital goods and services it's like that's that's huge that's huge, you know, especially because I see here that Fortnite was kicked out of Apple's App Store last summer for flouting Apple's rules on digital payments by directing players to its own outside system. And that's where it all stems from. That's literally they where... Keep, it's because there's a sales funnel. There's a sales funnel and they break in the sales funnel. It's like, well, that's a sales funnel for a, a exactly. trillion dollar company. That's exactly. <laughs> that's, that's millions, billions. Yeah, that's that, 30%. That, that, that they're taking away. That they're taking away by going to, to the Epic store. Yeah, Apple's like, we only want 30 cents out of every dollar. <laughs> Epic's like, fam, we don't need... That should need teach y'all customers something right there. They're fighting for you. They're fighting yeah. for your attention right there. Yeah, because Epic is like, fam, it's the same price on our website or on our this, on our that. And we get 100% or we get 90% or however much, but it's not no 70%. Mm-hmm. I said, we don't, I was like, how, how are you going to give me 70% of my own thing? It's like at least a good ninety. Give me ninety, and you take a ten percent cut. Like, come on, man. It's like Fortnite was one of the driving factors of people getting iPhones and iPads and iPods. This is going to be so interesting, not only on a business aspect, but also on a technological aspect and a um a tech business technology and intellectual property aspect. Because uh, as you mentioned, it's that sales funnel. Apple is just saying to use our services, you got to pay X amount to sell on our website, to sell on our app store. You got to pay a 30% fee. And it's like, well, they could just go to our website, download that the app for free or, or, you know, pay on Epic and then download the app on the phone and continue using it. 
as if the, as it's an integrated one. And Apple's like, nah, you can't just you can't steal money from us because that's you know you're going around the loop. How do you like it so far? Don't forget to reach out via social media and suggest the next hot topics to argue about. For now, keep listening to this wonderful episode of Argue Bros. But, you know, those are just a couple of the things that are going on in the world today. Like, it's kind of crazy how, like, all these things are all happening at the same freaking time. Like, it's overlapping, layered by layered by layered. And there's a huge more. Like, I don't know if y'all have any other crazy uh, things that are happening right now in the media, but it's kind of wild how the news is happening. And especially now post-COVID, it's like, dang, there's actual interesting news, not just talking about... Um, this pandemic that feels like the bubonic plague 2.0 i mean there's lots of negative shit going on in the world right now but i'd rather not talk about it just because it's just like so much <laughs> negativity i'd rather just keep it nice and lighthearted. how we're how we're going over now but man man covid covid got slowing down well in some parts of the world by some I mean, in other parts it's speeding up like in india speeding up so yeah like like I, it's kind of ironic. Like the only good news that I was looking at in the uh, Google News, the only good news. Like, all right, guys, listen. This is what the only positive thing I saw. It's not a real positive, but this is the only thing that was worded in a positive way compared to everything else that I read. This is the caption: "Nation's largest Confederate memorial to get new exhibit telling the whole story of Georgia." No, I don't like it already. <laughs> right. Like, that is the most positive headline. Like, look, this is the headline right above that. Aircraft crashes after taking off from airport. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> like, what? Like, yo. Yeah, not a lot of positivity. Like, yo, these are the kind of things that are going on in the world post-COVID? Uh, no, and then you got to sprinkle in, you know, you got to sprinkle in. A little bit of a this man made him became a millionaire off a of Dogecoin. This one millionaire off a of GameStop. You know Bloomberg. Bloomberg got to throw this one millionaire Yo, thanks, off a of Shiba. You know, Yo, boom, boom, what, blurg, boom, boom. What, what y'all think though about the next the next uh, big craze? Y'all think it's gonna be like a a Bitcoin alternative coin? NFT. NFT. Yep. You think I don't know too much thing? about it, but NF, I think NFT is is the one of the things that are going to be popping up. It's, it's in the same vein as crypto, but it's n- not similar. But that's where all the money's at right now. And by all the money, I'm talking about all the rich people <laughs> getting in on the NFT. Because <laughs> apparently, it's going to be apparently going to be the new way for them to have art and museums and save stuff and everything. Having I mean, the, NFT coding. As long as people put value to something, someone for else. Some, man, what you know? As man, a, if, what? if two or three people say something is valuable. At some point, that is going to be valuable. You know what I'm saying? You know, now I got to get it in. And now when they buy, it's like, oh, snap. Now it's at 20%. I should have bought some more. Let me take a mortgage out. Let me get this. Let me get that. Let me take out. Let me max out my credit card. And then Elon Musk be like, yo, NFT is for losers. No, no. What if he does an NFT? But for like sexy, you know how model S, model um, model mm-hmm. three, model Y, model model um. Ooh. What if he what if he does like an NFT artwork for that? That'll be that'll be probably really good. That'll be crazy. So Ooh. they'll probably sell heavily. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like the, like this guy got so many ideas that are revolving, and he just doesn't know which one to pick. Because a lot of them be like, "Yo, did you really think this tweet out that much?" 
Cause like let me, you, tell, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Yeah. When I see a Tesla, I be seeing the Tesla poles. Like I really want a Tesla. I'm a, I'm a Tesla fanboy. But also I look at like how other how the electric market cars is spreading out. A lot more good competition out there. But I'm just like I want a Tesla. But then you see those stupid little social media posts like if you bought a Tesla in 2001 and if you instead bought the stock, look how much you could have had. And just like, do I need a vehicle? Can I just walk? like you know what i mean like it makes makes you second guess like should i buy so when 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 is it when do i have enough where i can splurge on a vehicle or or on on something i want you know what i mean and when should i just invest like because you can you can just go into a loop of investing invest investing and never get something that you actually want to use you know what i mean and so that's when i'm just like you got to always think about should i invest it in the, the, the actual intellectual property intellectual property or do i invest in the product they're selling because i like their product and, and that's how a, will I feel about it a tough. few years from now? Because you know when you buy the product, it depreciates. But you're not mm-hmm. buying it because it's going to depreciate. You're buying because you want it and you know you're going to like it. So it's a real, it's a real um, conundrum, if you will. It's a, good, it's a good problem, I would say, because, you know, you got to look at it in all different kind of angles that you weren't looking at it before. You know, a lot of people, they just want a Tesla just to flex on people. And to those, I say, hey, if you can do it, go for it. But if you're going to flex on people, but then you're going to be sleeping in that Tesla, then you know that that's on you because you know <laughs> that's that's a lot of money for a car that gets charged up electrically if you can't afford it. Plus, plus you got to pay for the electric now. I mean, I mean, not now. I mean, like you got to pay for the electric just like you pay for gas, but it's cheaper. But I mean, still. But I mean, I want it because I'm I, when I get my Tesla, I'm planning on getting my Tesla when I'm already retired. Hopefully, in five to six years, I don't got to work a nine to five because my Tesla, I'm getting it day one. We take I'm taking like at least a six month trip across all fifty states. I'm gonna just be driving. That's Tesla. Yeah, all, the, you, all the superchargers. Are you gonna be paying that shit off while driving through fifty states? I'm gonna retire. I'm, I'm, I have a business plan. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the car gonna be paid off. Gonna, then? Yeah. I'm, no, I mean, have something like an asset that'll pay off the car. I'm, I'm not gonna get the Tesla unless I have an asset. So that's why I'm like, I said, hopefully five years, because mm-hmm. hopefully in five years I'll be able to afford a Tesla and I'll be able to have. I mean, the but, asset that but I'll by cover. then, by then the competition gonna be stiff. You know, I was looking- I'm, but Tesla's constantly innovating. They're about to have a, a, a car that comes out that goes um in a few years that goes oh, sixty in like one point one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying they're constantly innovating. And so I'm oh, gonna yeah. look at my market options and see what's out there. Cause I mean that's what I'm saying. Similar similar to um what else coming coming up and then I and then Samsung coming out yes, with something yes, that's equally something. powerful. I love you. I love you knew what kind of analogy I was trying to Just throw like out there. Windows and yeah, Mac, like you know, you have alternative competition. That may be either at the same, if not far superior, because those people are looking at how Tesla's doing it, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and saying, Oh, I could do something way better, that's way more cost effective, that can reach more people. That's, that's uh, not Apple like in how they try to restrict you into your maintenance. That's the main thing I don't like about Tesla is, is there is forcing you to be in the ecosystem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like being trapped in ecosystem. That's why I didn't, that's why I didn't like Apple, because Apple traps you in their ecosystem. But not the, anymore, but in originally they did. Right, right. But that's the that's the thing that people actually do like about Tesla is the if fact it works well, but right. the repair is terrible. The repair service is horrible. And, and the reason why they prefer it is because that means that the only individuals that could ever repair it are people who are only doing that versus versus people only that would, Tesla people can repair Tesla vehicles. And that's why the charge is so crazy because you only can do it with them. So it's like they're free to charge whatever. It's like, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Go to the mechanic down the street? It's like he opens exactly. the hood. He's going to break it apart. It's like he can't, he don't have that 
same ability. And I don't think Tesla would allow you to go to the mechanic. You can't and, go there if you wanted to because you can't even take apart the car without certain specific tools and such to with that Tesla has. That's why you can't do it. And plus, it's a, it's a computer program device, basically. And so you have to be able to run this... Um, the actual tool that scans all the different functions in the car, see what's wrong. You can't even do that without the Tesla. So a lot of things you can't do without um, actually going to a Tesla repair shop or going to a Tesla mechanic. And so that's what, that's the main thing that's stops me from thinking about wanting a Tesla. Cause you know, a lot of the other companies like Ford and um, mm-hmm. one, Ford building their uh, eco e car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, also a Toyota doing it. So, you know, they got a lot of few coming out in the next three to five years, and I'm pretty sure their ecosystem's not going to trap you in. It's just going to be, can you find a um, mechanic that does electrical cars? But I guess and that's going to grow as well because they're going to get trained in them, and they're just yes, going to get certified. The, the, the mechanics the future, already are yes, mechanics. Yes, yeah. The future yeah. of mechanics is definitely clear that you got to know how to work with electricity or Everyone else you're not going to... Everyone has to get smarter, basically. Everyone yep. has to get smarter, basically, to fit into the new roles. Hopefully, yes. the pay goes up as well, because they're going to have a lot more training it's the, for almost it's everything. The same with, it's the same with people that, that repaired phones, that they didn't repair touchscreen until there were so many people that were demanding, hey, my Nokia bricked one out of 10 customers, nine out of 10 customers, my iPhone screen is cracked. It's like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to fix iPhone screen. It's like, well, buddy, if you want to be in business, you better learn how to fix iPhone screens. If you want to be in business, you better know, you better learn how to fix an electric car. You better learn how to do all those things. Now you did mention a big point, which I think a lot of people definitely want to know what uh, standpoint you would take as well as what I would take, which is if, it's true that Tesla is the closed system and it's a closed ecosystem. Would you like to have other car companies have that same closed system where it's a guaranteed to get solved by an expert? Or would you rather have it, like you mentioned, open market where anybody who knows how to do the maintenance can do so, whether it's the guy down the street or the um, person at the shop, like let's say the Ford, the Ford F one fifty electric cars, uh, electric trucks that come out. You know, if something is wrong and you see that you know Ford is going to charge you two grand to fix it, would you go to Ford and pay that two thousand or whatever price tag? Um, if it's not covered, obviously through warranty, or would you rather go to the mom and pop shop and risk them not being uh, as delicate? with the pieces because they're not having to train as intensely with those particular small uh, electrical pieces. Because now it's like, well, Tesla is saying you can't absolutely go to nobody. But then if these companies say, well, you can go to anybody, it's like, well, do you want to go to anybody? Hmm. Well, my opinion is I, first I want to say, I have no problem with ecosystems and being trapped within them. My problem is that, 90% 90% of the time it's not done well because there's so mean? many facets to the ecosystem like you have to make sure that the quality is always high you have to make sure that the people that you have certified out there to do their different positions in that ecosystem such as repair such mm-hmm. as the salesman such as delivery of the product or vehicle they all have to be at a certain standard and they can't be they, the prices need to be standardized and so they can't charge you higher prices the amount of time for a process to be complete needs to be standardized it's such a logistical problem that he's trying mm-hmm. to focus on so many other things so he would have to come back and focus on this logistical problem and they're already having stop problems with um the warehouse and getting vehicles out and so that's why my problem with ecosystems is that 
it has to be done right. And it takes a lot to be done right. When in reality, you could just have an open system and then I can go to a different um mechanic. So we're using Tesla. I can go to a different mechanic. And even to say they did mess up my vehicle, they have insurance. They're going to cover that. I ain't got to worry about that. That's that's the that's the I, they got insurance. I got insurance. I don't have to worry about them messing up my vehicle. Of course, I'm gonna have to lose my vehicle for a while and have to call my insurance to um rent a vehicle. But worst case scenario, I'd rather go um free market. You think you think that the free market would be able to match that quality, or you would just yeah, because do it? they have to be trained and certified in that thing. Isn't the quality is not guaranteed just because it's in in inside of an enclosed environment that they control. You can get bad quality everywhere. They're only they're only required. The only thing that's different is they're monitored and managed internally. And so if they mess up, you're more likely. And I'm saying that if it's run well, if it's not run well, all this is mute. And that's what I'm saying. It's way harder to run an uh, enclosed, small um, network thing for your for your business. Way harder than than allowing you to go to free market. Because you got to monitor, you got to monitor and manage everything, all the processes, all the different aspects of the company, and make sure it runs well. Like right, so like right now, repair is terrible. That's just the bottom line. Repair is terrible, and so if they can get that fixed, I would totally join their ecosystem. And wouldn't that be one of those good problems though that you would want a company to have? Now, when I have their vehicle, and then my window doesn't work, and the repair system is still trash, and so I have to wait a month to get my vehicle fixed. No, no, not what I want. That's not what you want? No, that's not what I want. So I'd rather, I'd rather not get a Tesla if the repair stuff is still that bad. No, but you can repair yourself, though. No, no, you can't. You have to have the Tesla. Like only only Tesla people can repair Teslas. You have to bring it to a Tesla workshop or you can't get it repaired. No, I see, I see a video a, of this man. He repaired his own his own Tesla door. Yeah, yeah, you can do you? There is two... Three people, three people who have been able to do that, like as a business. And he, I know who you're talking about. He's a black dude, wear glass. I know he's he's, the, he's known as the Tesla. Nah, guy. the video I seen was a white guy. That's Computer. not y'all are saying it like it's easy. Don't don't even throw that out there like it's easy. No, you no, know, I'm not we, saying that it's easy. That I'm not saying I that it's you have to have an engineering to know how to really I, take apart I, a Tesla to put that in. Yeah, are you about we, to say you can do it? No, no, not me. But we studied that, and <laughs> we studied that. Wow, we studied that in class. Nigga, you is not. Oh my god! No, 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 you no. Study everything. You <laughs> study the world in class. Nigga, you put the yeah. world together. You Gaia. You no. mother Gaia right now, dog. Are no, but we study that. We study that in class because the teacher explained that a Tesla is just a big ass computer, and a random guy uh, actually took it down piece by piece, the whole system, and showed that if give him actually, his credentials. Yeah, you can't it, just say a random guy because then you go then any random any random person can be like I'm a random guy I could take apart my Tesla. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it, it's not, not, no, it sounded easy. it sounded like that repairman because he was he was a black guy from Massachusetts who yeah, had his. That's what you're talking about. That's, that's yeah, what I'm talking about. he he took up he took it apart piece by piece and literally we he salvaged Teslas and everything. Yes, yes, yep, and he put them together and stuff like that. And the teacher was literally showing it's a big ass computer. If you it's repair t- backlog is years. Yes, if you take enough time to learn to do it, yes, you can DIY it. But are you going to take niche. the time? Yeah, are you going to take the time? Are you going to take the time to do that versus just going to the Tesla shop versus going to the mom and pop shop? 
and what's the difference in the quality? And as you know, like you mentioned, oh, no, he's ra- quality. He's quality. He, you'd he rather back engineered the Tesla to put it to put it together and take it apart. Oh, no, but I'm saying, like, the, you, would you individually take that much time in order to do no, something? No, I don't care about that. I'd pay someone else to do that. Exactly. You know I what I'm saying? So it's like I would rather not deal with the hassle. I know where my expertise is at. But, but my expertise my, is not that. But my thing is though, if you know that if all you gotta wait is one month to get your car up and running, wouldn't that be an actual viable exchange? A it's computer. a particular expensive vehicle car. <laughs> it's yes, a, look, okay. a luxurious computer. But pieces might but have to get shipped. The one, and stuff the one thing like I will that. say that they do give you on um, like a little replacement Tesla to drive around in if you have oh, that real? plan. If you have that plan in, insurance with uh, Tesla. Yeah, no, we call money too, but I mean like out here. Still, I'm just trying to buy that Tesla. Good, that's on a good day. That's on a good day. Hopefully you can <laughs> Yo, get it. If, if they come to repair it. Like there's been so many horror stories with Tesla repair that I just want to wait and bide my time. And hopefully in five years from now, when I plan on oh, what kind of horror stories better. are you listening to? Horror stories of people who have your horror stories don't sound work. real. Yeah, okay. I know that's why, a lot of horror stories. Why is Tesla still worth billions of dollars if those horror stories you do realize like when there's an auto recall, the stock tanks like 20 to 30 percent? Elon Musk is literally the people's choice. No matter, it don't matter what he, he, yeah, can, but, he literally people love Elon Musk so much. But a faulty product stuff, is different. It worked out. It's like it's like when Samsungs were exploding. Did you see how quickly Samsung fixed? Yeah, that shit? facts, facts. Samsungs was yeah, okay. You gotta realize something though. That is a defect. This is not a defect. This is a repair. Everyone's not going crash their vehicle. Your majority of people aren't going to crash. Is that a their horror vehicle. story? No, a horse. Okay. Okay, let me ask you, define what you mean by horror story, because what I'm horror story is after the car is broken that needs to be repaired is when the horror story, because of the gist of how hard it is to get it repaired from them. It's not the horror story that it broke. Because you're you're, you're mm. comparing that a phone breaks because it's defective. That's different from you you got into a wreck, which normally doesn't happen. You could drive your car for five, ten years and not so need to ever get it repaired. Because it's defective? No, what do you mean? Why would it be? You, the person driving the vehicle must be defective because they got into a wreck. What do you mean? The car is defective. Oh, oh, oh! So you're saying like if somebody, if some, if something like that happens, then the problem of trying to get it back up. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying your Tesla breaks down like internally or something. Oh. I'm saying like if you need the the body work, any uh-huh. kind of repair work, stuff like that. And if that's not the best service like type that, thing. Yeah, not the Oof. best for that. Oof. Well, that's tough because then, yeah, that's tough because I don't know because then it's like how do how do luxurious automakers look at, do, look at, look at, do they? I'm, I'm, there's, there's lines. There is lines to get Tesla repair sometimes. There's like your car falls into a queue and you have to wait. This man here is talking about he had to wait a year to get his car back because his car but was number one. Other manufacturers do line. the same thing. Other manufacturers, they're certified to work on their vehicles. They they release everything, just like Ford, Toyota, uh-huh. all of them. You go to any kind of repair shop around there that, that deals with those kind of cars. So, so you don't have you don't have um you don't have um a locked market system. It's only for specific kind of cars, for example. But are you talking Lamborghinis, about Lamborghinis, Rolls Royces? Yeah, yeah those. Those yeah. in particular kind of cars that that and Tesla falls into that because yeah, it's Tesla's such a in, different. Vehicle. That's what I'm saying. Like those vehicles, are they they don't have lines? They don't have in housing. Where you're only obligated to have repairs done by Lambo, done by Jaguar, done by you no. Know, they have car shops. There's car shops that you can go to that are certified by Lamborghini. Mm. Like you can get certified. That's what I'm saying. They can reach out. They can certify. Te- that's what the dude who's in Massachusetts is like. Uh-huh. Can you just certify um, technicians? Which means you give them the information to be able to repair the vehicle. Tesla and doesn't want to give anybody no information. I pay mm-hmm. all this money, but then I can't repair my own product. Yeah, I thought that was one of the funniest things. You know, the fact that's like, you know, 
if you can like for example if you bought your phone you broke the screen you could just buy a replacement screen and it's all set you know obviously that would void the warranty which is the issue with the john deere situation and the same with the tesla if anybody does any repairs and they figure it out that you repaired it it's like now your you know ninety thousand dollar vehicle is voided of its warranty and it's like that's kind of that 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 that's why i think like intellectual properties are going to be like one of the biggest battles legally for businesses in the next couple of years because they're going to mm-hmm. start looking at that with a fine grain of salt it's like how much is too much for a company to say this is mine not yours versus how how much is a person allowed to be able to repair their own thing and still be covered by the warranty so it's like you know and that's the, the that's the problem too is just like even even with that, it's not even just scheduling. It's just um, they also have to they also have to schedule it out for so far away. Because if you look at per state, some states don't even have a Tesla repair technician in their state. Mm. And so that's that's that would be that would be an issue in itself. But they say they some they'll they'll come to them. They'll come to them. I mean, it's so much more of a hassle. It really it really is. They're building out their ecosystem just like they built out just like they're building out their um superchargers. Superchargers, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Over time, hopefully five years from now, it gets corrected. That's why I wait on it. Because, like I said, mm. Elon Musk is known to fix his stuff. So that's why I'm like, I hope that becomes something he fixes eventually. Yeah, I, I ain't get, I ain't, I'm not hopping in that water until it's clean. You know, <laughs> if he fixes that, that'd be crazy. When when I was looking at electric cars, there was this one that really caught my attention from China, um, and it looked, it almost looked um like the Cybertruck. Um, and I thought that it was pretty hilarious. But then when I started looking at a lot of different um, electric vehicle alternatives and just concepts, because nobody has like refined it except like Tesla and Chevy with the boat and stuff like that. Uh, but there was like two or three companies in China that really it looks <laughs> it looks like they got it down packed. Like it looks like they actually have like real solid good numbers. Uh, one of them had like a 30 inch display screen on the dashboard, which I thought was freaking cool. Like 30 inches on the dash. Like what? And mm-hmm. the craziest part is like all of them. Um, I think the most expensive one I saw was like $40,000. And I was like, what? This is starting to be really affordable. Like they're starting it at this price point, And then they're going to start looking at shipping it internationally because they know that if they bring anything that's any anything remotely competitive to Tesla, you know it's a wrap. Tesla's going to be forced to innovate. They're going to be forced to bring out all the top tier stuff. It's Gucci. It's going to go flying off the shelves even more so because the people are going to be like, it's more affordable. You know, at least at least I would I would take a risk with one of those cars. Shoot, you know, if any of them companies hear me, like yo, I'm looking for a new electric whip. You know what I'm saying? We still don't have sponsors. <laughs> Hey, I mean, hey, trying to make some deals with some free utility, eh? You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let me get some free electric cars. Let me let me put some stickers up and let people know, like, this this the next thing, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure at some point they're going to start looking for ambassadors and stuff like that. Just like how um, with Tesla. Um, but once that once they get that fixed, you know, it's going to be good because the more Elon fixes the issues that his company has, it's like the easier it is for other companies to mimic and make it better at an affordable rate. Even though I know Tesla said that he wants to make affordable Teslas and he got a $30,000, um, three. Uh, no, nah, nah, that price has been rising consistently every month. 
Right. It's I don't. A, I don't think it's a realistic dream. Honestly, it, it, I think it's going to take a few more, a few more models, and a few more sales, and from the build out the infrastructure more. He's going to need like a very gonna small car. It's gonna take it's gonna take some time for him to build. If he if he builds up the infrastructure and can secure the things that's needed, it'll be easier. But it's definitely gonna take more time to get something like thirty thousand, some twenty nine thousand. And I know that the number one thing that he would need is to be able to have affordable renewable energy. So it's like being able to develop the battery capacity to the point where like a very small battery could charge maybe a hundred, two hundred miles. Because think about it: if you live in like a city like New York City, you don't need a thirty thousand dollar whip. You could you could be fine with a ten thousand dollar electric Tesla that goes less than fifty miles type of thing, you know. It's like those are ideas that I don't know if he would be down for, but people people be you know making cars like the Smart Two and stuff, and it only goes like seventy thousand uh, seventy miles or whatever, and it's like they're selling for like twenty thousand and whatnot or fifteen thousand, however much they're selling for, and they have a really short range. It's like Tesla could make a killing. You know, imagine the 10,000, but then again, you know, you would oversaturate the market. So it's like, you know, you got to look at demand. A Tesla at your price point, basically what Apple did. We got the 5C for, for people who can't afford like the regular iPhones yeah, or who want to get like for the grandma or for like the children and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I would buy that car. Shoot. Open marketplace. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's there for a reason. And it would force it would force more technicians. It would force the repair stuff to happen. But then it would also force more problems to arise, which I'm pretty sure, like you mentioned, they don't have access to fix all that. So they have to like build right now. They only got 133 repairs repair um centers right now, and then they already have to repair like 100,000 some cars that that just got recalled this year, and that's like a thousand per repair center <laughs> or however they want to split it up to repair that. But that's yeah, a lot of, a lot of like software. Crazy. That's like a lot of software. That's, I'm like, that's why I said it's a logistics issue. And if Elon Musk decides to focus on that or w- w- get somebody to focus on that and get it corrected, I'm pretty sure they're working on it. Like I said, I'm going to give them five years, five, six years, five, buy one. I'm still, I still support Tesla because it's crazy what they've done. I mean, the I'm just not buy one yet. The stockholders are supporting because they're not selling. They still I, don't, I have no faith that they're going to continue to grow and, 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 and improve. That's why I'm just going to wait. And it's going to be crazy because I think I think if you think about the innovation that Tesla has, uh, I think that they might be able uh, this is me, just me being complete nerd and just like putting one plus one equals two. It's just like, yo, can you imagine if one day in the future a Tesla super battery charges up a space rocket? Could you that'll imagine be, that? That would be similar to um, a floppy oh. disk and, and now we hold like a tiny little SD card with the size. That would be similar to that because the battery would have to shrink in size and wait to be able to launch this. That would be similar to that innovation of technology. That would be so wild because it's like we don't even need gas to literally fly to Mars. <laughs> and it's like, and then if you take the concept of... But then, just, yeah, and if it's a battery, it can be solar recharged because we're in space next to the, the bing actual bong. And now you no longer Wait, need to waste so much money on gas you can literally go to mars go to moon stay there recharge after a day or two and then fly back but to be able to do that that's a huge scale problem to be able to- that's that's going to that that's going to take so long because the first thing have to prom- improve who- batteries i mean I, I think it'll be done in our lifetime though some if if, if that's being worked i think it's a possibility in our oh lifetime. I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody's working on that because i mean with all the with all the billionaires and their companies trying to go to space right now i'm pretty sure it's a, a thought that they've had and something, especially Battery Man, Musk. Yeah, think, <laughs> sure Battery Man must just like about thinking that. about it, like, oh my gosh, like if they use batteries instead of um, this as a propulsion system, it's like, would they be able to get enough lift? Would they be able to do this? Well, right now, no, but you know, exponentially, 
with the smaller batteries that give much more power, you know, I'm pretty sure like the biggest thing would be like overheating or something like that. But again, it's like, it's a good problem to have because now you got to look at how you're going to solve that problem. How are you going to solve the overheating? You know, how are you going to solve if there's a disconnect between the battery and the thruster and the battery and the solar power connection? And then you got to have astronauts that know about electrical engineering on there, not just space navigation, not just space travel, but actual, you know, that kind of thing. Cause you don't want to leave them stranded on the moon and something goes wrong and they don't know how to fix it themselves. And then it's like, you got to listen to their last few words. Ouch. Mm. Houston, we definitely got a problem if that's the gun, you know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, cause I was thinking about that, like, yo, that'd be kind of wild. Like if he took his greatest pleasure in renewable energy, sustainable energy, and trying to become, you know, this guru of s- entering the age of affordable energy to the point where it's like, yeah, you could do that and m- you know, mix that up with your cl- you know, your favorite dream of space travel and make it Make space travel affordable, renewable, and you know sustainable energy. And then now you can say Mars can be a hundred percent renewable free. Let's say let's go free Mars and it's, let's let's fund it with our U.S. cryptocurrency. <laughs> not, but what? No, no. I mean, possibly, possibly. At that point, we are we all rocking crypto dollars. It's like, hey, let's let's fund it. We need everybody has to donate their you know their crypto money in order to get this, you know, free, sustainable, you know, you know, actually now that I'm thinking about it, yo, you know, I was looking at the news also that uh, billionaires are actually going to have the chance, I think like within the next 12 months, if not less, to be able to pay for a flight to go to outer space. Um, Bezos is already bidding on that. No, it was another company that is already doing it. I forgot. It's, like, uh, it's not his company. It's no, another- no, no, no. I'm just saying Jeff Bezos has started for people to bid on seats for his, for his, uh, his spaceship. Oh, he's the doing rocket. that too? Yep. He's already, been, has already got people bidding on it. That's cool. Because the, the one I'm talking about, though, is this billionaire who has this company who he's trying to make space exploration like for the 1%. Where it's like, you know, a super, a super expensive amount of money. And it takes you, I don't know if it takes you to his own shuttle or it takes you to the International Space Station. Um, but I thought that was like, obviously, if you could afford it, that'd be like kind of like the dopest thing that you could do. It's like you get to cut in line from everybody that's been studying their butts off for like the past 20 years to be an astronaut. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. an easy $200,000 gets me a seat. It's like two point eight million for eleven minutes on Jeff Bezos' rocket. Damn, I thought it was two hundred. Never mind. Oh well, that's yeah. Jeff Bezos, right? Yeah, that's on Jeff Bezos' rocket, the Blue yeah. Origin. Oh yeah, that's that's Blue Origin Spaceflight. His uh, his company. Yeah. Who is that other little? Uh, who, there, there was one other dude who was trying to rival a Tesla and um rival Elon Musk's rocket company. That's failing. I forgot their name. That's how bad they're failing. I gotta find I, it later. I mean, this guy right here. Um, is creating the Voyager station, which is going to accommodate over 280 guests and be the first commercial space hotel when it's done. Uh, and that is going to be crazy because that looks exactly like Elysium from the movie Elysium. And I don't know if you you saw that movie. Nope. So Elysium is just like where the 1% live off of the space station and they don't need Earth no more. Because <laughs> they're uh. They can grow everything from there, so they they need Earth for zero reason. 
if the if the hotel if that hotel in the space has the best food, best cuisine, mm-hmm. has the best chefs, has the best entertainment, has access to the uh, best medical that the world has to offer, because you're you're catering to one percent. You're not catering to millionaires. You're catering to guys with B. You know what I'm saying? To the highest of high. You know, being able to be up there. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to be big on space. Yo, that that Instagram story is going to be different. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is that that Instagram story going to be different. (laughs) That Instagram post is going to get likes. You know what I'm saying? I I bet you that's going to, you know, if space gets regulated to that level, I bet you there's going to be people that are going to be hitting up, uh, their 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 free meal ticket and be like, yo, bae, you gonna take me up there without your wifey? Space meals. We're gonna we're gonna get we, hey the, the it orbits around it goes up there for about 45 minutes. We get we get we give you five five um courses then we land you back down. Okay. Yo imagine if they came a ooh. couple million. <laughs> yo imagine they, they came up with, with a special project or whatever just for like side chicks or something. Where it's like oh you know, God. you know, for an extra Operation amount, side chick for real, yeah, yeah, like, well, for, yeah, for an extra amount, we'll be able to we'll bring the wifey here to this pod, but you know, side chick, she's gonna go to that pod, and if you want, they'll not, they won't even know about At the it. cost of 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 flight. It ain't even, it ain't even that much money. Being billionaires, just another no, million. Two point eight million. That means all of uh, Jeff Bezos' closest billionaire friends could scoff at that. It's like, eh. Put it on the invoice for Berkshire Hathaway. I'm a billionaire. I ain't going up there. What you mean? No, I would definitely want to go up there. I would want to see, like, damn. Bro, you ain't, bro, what? You're going to be in, man, that's going to take five years to get to Mars, I believe. Yeah, that's why I'm going to be on 1001. I think, like, how many years? It's going to take a, going to take way too long. And if that, you know, I might be on the last, you know, it might be the last thing I do before I pass away. (laughs) That's like, hey, guys, let me pass away Mars, but bring my body back to Earth, JK. Yeah, what? I don't know. You're you think, did you think they allow selfish requests like that? I'd be like, "Yo, I left the trust fund of two billion dollars for this request. Come on now." And they'd be like, "Man, financially, give, yeah, give us give." It's like as soon as that, as soon as the transaction goes through, it's like, "Thank you for your USD cryptocurrencies." Now we'll bring your dog. They'll bring your body back. Don't worry about it. Don't worry <laughs> about like, it. Like, yo, that'd be wild. At some point, hopefully, I can upload my brainwaves. We talk about crazy stuff. Yeah, that's the next kind of crazy stuff that that's going to be happening in the science. Oh my community. NFT, y'all going to be looking at artwork of my brainwaves. Yo, like that neural link, man. Shoot, once I saw that monkey controlling that thing, I was like, yo, y'all, y'all ready for that VR gaming? It's coming. That VR gaming is going to be taking the world by storm for real. If they're going to get that neural link like that, oh, they're definitely going to get a whole lot of augmented reality and virtual reality out of that. As well as who else would, you know, who else knows what they're going to be able to do? Like, they might be able to start measuring, like, how much data our brains can hold type thing. Like, damn, how much data can... Bro, can... Are, you, are you saying we're going to have options in our, on, our, on our bodies and our brains just like we have on, like, our cell phones? Like, no, hey, I want it on vibrate today. I don't, I don't want to... I want to <laughs> wake up the vibrate internally. So then I wake up, my body starts shaking, wake me up instead. Is that what you're telling me, basically? Yeah. Some, some crazy shit. <laughs> and, and it's funny. It's funny, though. Some mods, I bring some up, we're going to really start doing mod star body eventually. Bro, I bring up... You already are. I bring up Elysium because it happened in Elysium. They actually modded humans to the point where Neuralink was in Elysium. And Elysium came out in, like, 2009. 
And back then, that was a crazy sci-fi where people would connect the computer to the brain and then the government could either control it or people could hack into it type of thing. And people were like, ah, oh, that's never going to happen. Humans aren't going to be stupid enough to create a billion-dollar hotel and only have access to it themselves. There's no way they would do that. And there's no way that they would leave the poor ones on Earth to rot away. And it's like, uh, have you been looking at the news? Like, that's all they're doing. Like, you got literally, like, the top couple of, like, the top, out of the top 100 companies in the world or the top 100 most rich people in the world, like, at least five of them are planning interplanetary space travel. And at least, like, two of them are interested in interplanetary space domination for the human race. We got all, all this says is that all this amounts to really is that we got a lot of interesting things coming up in the next about 10 to 20 years, possibly five for certain things. Yeah. We, have a, we have a very interesting future coming up. Yeah, so you definitely know Arguebro is going to be on top of it as much as we can. You know, so if you guys liked anything that we talked about, if you guys liked any of the arguments, if you guys hated what we talked about, you got to let us know because then we'll argue about it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to let y'all know one last thing, guys, man. If y'all like any of the topics, we're going to talk about a variety of topics on Argue Bros. If you like any of the topics, just come back, give us a listen, maybe give us a follow on uh, the different platform we're on. And the last thing I want to leave y'all with is respect everybody that can be respected because we could possibly have a Kwame Brown in our history. And you yeah, don't want Kwame no. Brown coming after you 20 years later. Okay, nope. that's all I'm saying. You don't, want, you don't want your own Kwame Brown hitting you up on whatever Instagram is 20 years from now. Nope, nope. You definitely don't want that. But with that said, you know, argue bros, we came, we saw, we conquered, we gave y'all some information. We did it the best way that we could. And, you know, unfortunately, it is argue bros. So, you know, even though Fred doesn't believe that we argue too much because now we're just all of one accord, you know, there's a lot of uh, disagreement. So if you guys thought that, you know, anybody was right, anybody was wrong, let us know because we definitely look at it with a grain of salt. Other than that, Nico Pengen here, Fred in progress there, uh, Just Freeman, he left. But you know what I'm saying? We still family. We still good. It's all good. Uh, other than that, episode either five, six, seven or eight, done. You've been listening to Argue Bros. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and leave us a review to let us know what you think. Keep listening and we'll catch up with you next week. <laughs>